Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Goes forward and the improvised finisher could find out for Smoltz at the back post. The big game player levels proceedings in the derby with a quarter of an hour to go. Shane Smeltz, hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. Yeah, wars have been start over less. The Vita, he's dangerous from just about any range and this one back, DeVita, oh my goodness, Pasquale DeVita levels proceedings with five minutes to go. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Welcome to the NPL Sunday on the Prison Football News. Scott Nathan, as usual, to recap another busy weekend of Queensland football, headlined by the Gold Coast Derby. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Uh, winter, winter is here and uh, the football is starting to heat up. And uh, punch weighted by what was, what would you say, a very, very dramatic Gold Coast derby last night. And uh, you would have heard it on the intro uh, how dramatic, and we're about to talk about it. Yes, thank you to James for that intro he put together. I just mentioned it. Well, it wasn't as cold down there on the Gold Coast as I expected it to be last time. It was quite mild conditions down there in Talabudra. Yeah, I think you can, you can actually um, praise the fact that it was cloud cover. I'll tell you what, because if it was a clear night, we would have probably froze there. I will very much be thankful for that cloud cover. The Gold Coast Army was the headline act. We'll get to that in a moment. First, this is the Brisbane Football Review, recapping all the action of the Queensland football over the last week. We'll get to the NPL Women's and the FQPL, as well as the Kappa Women's Super Cup quarterfinals later on in the show. But we'll start with NPL men's action in round 12 and that aforementioned Gold Coast Derby down there at Coplick Family Sports Park between Gold Coast United and Gold Coast Knights. And it was a redemption day for Gold Coast Knights, Adam, a 2-1 win. For the visiting Knights, goals from Max King and Godfrey DeBelli gave Knights the win. Connor Smith with a goal for Gold Coast United. But that's only the, really the beginning of the story, wasn't it? There was a penalty saved from Josh Langdon. Bit of drama right at the end, as well as all the typical Derby Day fair niggle. It had absolutely everything, didn't it? Yeah, and I think the one of the last things I said to you before we left the venue last night is that... Uh, Look, Gold Coast Derby, we never leave disappointed, and it was and no, and number eleven definitely was uh, one to remember. It was uh, it was a typical derby that you know slow slow burn of a start. As far as it was tight, it was niggly. Uh, both both coaches at times were getting pretty agitated, but. Um, but yeah, look, I think it also highlights the importance of this game, the high stakes nature. This was uh, a top of the table uh, derby where where basically I think that the fate of the season would almost, I'm not going to say it would have been decided, but certainly the tempo has now been set. Um, and with, with the win, Gold Coast Knights go to the top of, of the table. And look, I reckon they're going to be very, very hard to run down now that they're, they've hit top spot. It certainly does appear that way. Although speaking to both coaches, we'll hear from Scott McDonald shortly. We also spoke to Greg Pickett great, briefly off the record. Both of them were adamant that last time's result, Adam would not be the decisive factor in terms of the outcome of the season. But the way the gameplay came out in the first half, it was it was a slow burn. You know, and just at the end of the first half, it started to catch fire, didn't it? With a little bit of that niggly nature, and then in the second half, a game of football broke out and some spectacular goals. Firstly from Max King from a narrow angle, and then a spectacular free kick from Connor Smith. Yeah, uh, the first half, the only real chance. So uh, Godfrey DeBelli hit the um, hit hit the, the the far post after he he uh, you know, got got a side on goal. But other than that, yeah, as you said, it was a very sort of niggly uh, first half. But second half, Max King's goal uh, had very very little space to work with, but it was just got enough to be able to sort of 
you know, Lasha shot, which basically beats Go Kawasaidare at the at the uh, at the near post, but basically into the roof of the net. So I don't think there's too many keepers stopping that. And then three minutes later, Connor Smith, an absolute banger of a free kick from about 30 yards out. Um, look, Josh Langdon maybe, you know, could have got to if he had seen it sooner. But look, you can't take anything away um, from Connor Smith. That was a fantastic sight. Uh, strike and uh, that made it one all in the hour, at the hour mark. It was a spectacular free kick from Connor Smith, wasn't it? I mean, we saw some interesting stuff with free kicks actually in the first half. Gold Coast, you know, had someone laying down behind the wall at one point as a bit of a blocking mm-hmm. tactic. So there was plenty of different tactics going on, but that was a great free kick from from Connor Smith to get the equaliser, and then a really well worked goal from Godfrey to Belly to get the what would ultimately be the winner. Yeah, yeah. And look, he he really deserved. Uh, that, that goal uh, after after striking the work in the first half he he worked um, tirelessly he's playing you know as a number nine basically uh, in in this game and yeah look he he scrapped and fought you know with you know probably what the toughest one of the toughest defenses in the league and he eventually got his reward um, with perseverance after he'll shoot, be able to shoot across uh, Sayadari into the uh, in the uh, back of the net, and that made two one, and that was we thought that's where the uh, goal scoring sort of ended. Well, that is where the goal scoring ended, but certainly not where the drama ended. There was a penalty late on in the game for Gold Coast United. Well saved from Josh Langdon off Connor Smith. First, I'll get your thoughts on that, and also what your thoughts on the penalty. You know, I love to ask you the question: penalty or no penalty? It's a game we play on the show quite often. What do you <laughs> what do you make of it? I thought it was probably there, but I can see why. There might have been a few complaints. Oh, I tell you what, it was. Um, look, technically, probably yes. Uh, you know, Tyson Martin did have his have his hand on on Jared Cole's shoulder, but Jared Cole went down probably easier, pretty easy for a guy that's you know six foot four, you know, and built like a uh, a brick hit house. And um, thank you for cleaning that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're still not allowed to swear on this show as as well. Uh, but um, but yeah, look, uh, it, it was soft, but you know, I can I can understand Zihada Manovic's uh, view on that. And yeah, look, it, it yeah, it, it was going away from goal, but look, you know, a tight game like that, I think there'd be as many complaints if that wasn't given as it was given. So look, that's a fifty-fifty call. Absolutely. And finally, the final kick of the game, ultimately, was a free kick from Carlos Saliadar from inside his own half. I'm going to be generous and say it was a mishit free kick aim from Carlos, which sailed a bit further than he wanted it to, because I think everyone was up in the penalty area. He was the only player anywhere near the halfway line. Everyone else was in that penalty area. And it was on target, this, this um, free kick from Carlos. And there was a bit of contact from Jared Kyle and Josh Langdon. The ball did cross the line. And there was a free kick given. So it was very controversial. I think both sides were adamant that the decision was goal Coast United thought it should have been a goal. Gold Coast United thought it should have been a free kick. It was given as a free kick. What did you make of it? Yeah, um, look, for coming on a substitute, Jared Cole had a very, very interesting night out in the derby. Uh, it was, was involved in literally everything, uh, including this last this last play, which looked... You, Right, I don't. I don't think. Uh, it, I don't think they drew it up for Sayadari to just uh, have a, a, a Hail Mary shot on goal on you know, on Josh Langdon. But uh, it was that play. It, it, it turned out like that. Uh, Josh Langdon was backing up. Jared Cole make he does make contact. Um, and, and look, I, I'd say you know most of the time 
you, you even you you even breathe on a goalkeeper and it will be given a foul. Uh, look, we don't like it, and you know, not obviously, especially at this level, there's no goal line technology or no no VAR or anything like that. Look, you got to you've got to go with the referee's thoughts on that. And you know, historically, you're not you generally you're not going to give those as soon as there's any sort of contact on the goalkeeper, even perceived contact. Uh, you're not. You, you, it'll be a free kick, and uh, look, I, I also think that it would have caused an even bigger riot um, had that goal stood because it would have been that one out of a, one out of a hundred that you know that, that was not given. That was, was actually given a goal, not given a free kick. So, yeah, uh, look, that that's a really tough one. That that's really unlucky for for the referee to have to deal with that mm-hmm. on the final play of the game. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I think yeah, you know, obviously both emotions were high and uh, and whatnot. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, I think yeah, on the cold light day, I think the right decision was made. Absolutely, I think you, when you nailed it when you said that, if the decision went the other way, it would have been a much stronger reaction against it. And mm. It's a novel concept, isn't it? Having a referee out there and trusting that decision, not relying on technology. It's a novel concept. Maybe that might catch on. We don't have time to go into the VAR debate, Adam, because we need to hear from the head coach of Gold Coast Knights, Scott McDonald, we had to say after his side picked up a win in the derby over Gold Coast We'll be back right after this. I'm joined the head coach of Gold Coast Knights, Scott McDonald. Scott, two one winners here in the derby over Gold Coast Knights. This game had absolutely everything. You must be pleased with the way your side controlled the game in the first half in terms of the battle and then won the game in the second half with the football. Yeah, look, um, we knew what the game was going to give us. We knew what it was going to deliver with the football pitch as well. We knew that from the first game what we were going to be up against. Um, and we needed to really, really be a little bit more patient and controlled. I think we were that in the first half. Um, and there was nothing in it really in the game. In the game, no, I'm not going to say we were the better team. I thought it was quite edgy and both teams were not want to give much away. Um, but then you get your nose in front. Um, and then the disappointment is, it's a wonderful hit, don't get me wrong. Uh, honest, it's, it's fantastic. But, um, you know, that quickly after we score, it's a sucker, in it? But look, that's the character we've got in our change room uh, and the belief that we've got within this group now. It's, you know, it's scary at times because we can come back from that and, and hit you again. You know, um, and then uh, at the end of the game, my God, uh, there's, we could be here for 20 minutes yeah. on that. It's just crazy, wasn't it? Nice about that. It was crazy. Well, you had a you had a great chance earlier on, which went just wide. They had a penalty. Had one ruled out right at the end. It was one of those really crazy finishes that you expect in a derby. Yeah, look, I, I, everyone can have their opinion on the last bit, but I mean, he's got the ball in his hands and they shove him. So I mean, when 99 times out of 100, you're going to get fouled. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. Look, I had the penalty. I can't see where I am. We, we didn't even know he went to ground, Tyson. So people say it's a pen. It's a pen, but. Look, Josh will be disappointed with the first goal, but again, that's it's the differences we've made since coming in here as a group that our boys are, are able to get on with the game quickly now from, you know, errors that happen in it. Um, and we showed that again tonight. And um, we take all three points and top of the table and a lot of work to be done still. Yeah, and they got lofty goals and just winning a derby like this, but how important this could be in terms of the context of the league season? It was first versus second going into the night and they did beat you in round one. How important do you think this win could be? Um, look, it's not any uh, any more important than the next one we play Eastern win. I, we, I've always said that as a group. Like These games, for me, aren't the be-all and end-all in the game because the league's that tight. right? So we are both neck and neck, but it wasn't going to define where the title goes this year for me. And I've said that from, from the beginning. There's 10 more tricky games to go. Um, everyone is a challenge within themselves and there'll be points dropped from a lot of people as we know we see it every year so 
It's who can sustain the most consistency and keep the mentality as strong as possible. It's like this was the place last year where it might have away from you. Is it pleasing to come here and get the result tonight? Of course, it's always pleasing to play against your rivals and win, um, particularly after the first game that you lose. Um, I don't really make a big thing of it. It's like, you know, like it's, it's just another game for me. I've played in a lot of derbies, you know, so, um, yeah, this one, it is what it is. So, and I reckon we'll probably meet again at some point. So, let's see. And thank you to Scott McDonald for his time at Coppock Family Sports Park on Saturday evening. Adam, that's Gold Coast Derby number two of the season and potentially one more to come maybe in the finals. I'm sure you wouldn't mind if that were to eventuate in either week one or week two. Oh, absolutely not. I think that would be a marquee game again. I think obviously one all as well. Uh, you know, both go, both going to uh, their, their opponents' uh home turf and getting the win as well. So I think if there is a game, if there is a game three, especially if it is the decider at, at Suncorp stadium, uh, that, that could certainly, you know, draw fireworks and look, I think we'd be all for the better for it. And then maybe this team win. Absolutely. We'll see if that happens later on in season. Either way, two cracking Gold Coast derbies so far in season 2022. We'll go through some of the other games in round 12 of the NPL men's competition. Now, Adam, we'll go back to some of the other action on Saturday Evening, we'll start off at Heath Park, where Roger Rose picked up a 6-1 win over Eastern Suburbs. Hat-trick from Marek Madley, as well as goals from Josh Morland, Ollie Dern, and Harry Talbot for Rochdale. Alex Simmons did get a goal for East, but Rochdale, as we said the last couple of weeks, they have found a bit of form, and this was a really good result for them away from home. It's a good bounce back uh, for them, especially uh, putting putting six on East. Uh, Marek Madley, you know, one, one of the friends of our show. Uh, good to see him getting amongst the goals. But uh, yeah, you would have thought maybe after after they lost to Gold Coast Knights that the bubble may have burst. But this is a great way to for them to to rebound you know, by by you know, not but winning, but winning with authority. Um, as far as East go, yeah, that's, that's worrying signs that they mind you, they are a team that I think week to week, they will ship a lot of goals. It's, uh, and yeah, it's almost like, I'm, I'm not going to say the word give up, but they do get overrun very, very quickly if, if they sort of lose control of the game. And look, but I think for Matt Chandler, that would be a very, very um, disappointing sort of outcome. And they, they need to sort of, yeah, uh, sort of, you know, get back onto the horse very quickly, especially they, they travel to uh, Croatian Sports Centre next weekend. Absolutely. I think defence is going to be the order of the day for Eastern Suburbs training this week to just try and tighten up some of those defensive lapses, perhaps. We'll move on to the uh, Cleveland Showgrounds, all the compass grounds down there in Redlands. A two-all draw between Redlands and Lions. Jack Skinner and Peter Clarkson put Redlands 2-0 up in this game. Adam, four goals from Andy Pengeli and a 91st-minute equals from Novak Klaj. It's got Lions a point. Both sides did finish the game with 10. It seemed like a bit of a drama-filled evening down there at the Cleveland Showgrounds. Yeah, almost match the drama at uh, at Coplex. Uh, 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 game with ten minutes of stoppage time. Um, there was a nasty head clash in the uh, in in the uh, deep in stoppage time. So hopefully both players there that were involved with that, uh, you know, they make a full recovery. That there's not too much there. But uh, yeah, but uh, look, good on Novak Klaj for for getting the uh, the equaliser to to get a point. And that's a that's a big point for, for Lions, I think, as well, because that, that's a game that could have easily gotten away from them. 
again, they seem to have, do, have done enough to get out of the game. But for Redlands, uh, that, that's very, very encouraging. That's uh, two two matches against Lions now that they've gotten points out of them where you know no one would normally give them a hope of getting anything out of it. So they've got they've got two out of six uh, there. And uh, what more? They they meet in nine days' time in a round seven Australia Cup tie. So. Yeah, it's it's going to get very very interesting for match three at um, this season for those two clubs down back down at the uh, Compass Grounds. See two draws as you said in the league between those two. So the Lions did win a penalty shootout in round one to win the um, name of that the, the, the um, Foundation Cup. I couldn't think of no, but they did win that. Oh, but someone's forgot got, about that. Somebody has to get a winner in the Australia Cup game next week. Good good point there for each side. We'll move on to the final game played on Saturday evening up at Ballinger Park between the returning to form Peninsula Power and Sunset Coast Wanderers. And I mentioned a returning to form, Adam. It's another three points for Peninsula Power here in this game. Goals from Sam Cronin, Brenton Fox and Reese Messina got the goals for Peninsula Power. Liam Fitzsimmons and Kyan Bryant on the score sheet for the Wanderers. And it does seem like Peninsula Power, they've just started to find a bit of their form once again and they're looking like they might be surging up the table a little bit. Yeah, uh, undefeated uh, since uh, Aaron Philp has returned, and uh, yeah, this is uh, a good win. They now they now move uh, six points clear of the relegation spot. So I think that uh, the the fears of relegation for potential power are slowly disappearing in the rearview mirror. Yeah. But uh, they they still obviously got some work to do because I think I don't think it's just enough to be safe and you know labour in mid in mid table. I think they they demand more, but. I think at least the objective number one has been met for the time being, but also, but also as well, a bit of a worrying loss for Sunshine Coast Wanderers that they they now only sit three points above the relegation zone, so they probably need to start winning. And uh, they seem to be this season the, these games last season where they were they able to draw specialists. They seem to be dropping um, a lot more losses here. So hopefully they can they can sort of you know recover that. Uh, they got a big game against Olympic in two weeks' time. If they can, if they can pick up a win there, I think that that may give them a lot more confidence. But because equally as well, this is that's the sort of game that Olympic must win yeah. if they're going to survive. So that's a big game in two weeks' time. I, I think I'm um, wanting to return Ballinger Park into a bit of a bit of a fortress. Mm. There's a fair few teams go up and get results this year. Maybe maybe try and get some more points at home. The final the um, game on Sunday there's only one game played on Sunday. We'll get to the final game around in a minute, but the game on Sunday was between Brisbane City and the Brisbane Royal Academy. A 2-0 win for Brisbane City. Goals in each half from Kai Bolton and Jason McQuarse gave City the win, and they move into the top four, and they continue to be very solid at home and continue just just slightly sliding under the radar compared to other teams in and around that top four, Adam. Yeah, it's a good win. I think, obviously, defensively, it's, uh, to get a clean sheet, I think that that's probably what will uh, make Carl Dodd uh, happy. But, yeah, look, uh, it's, it's a, value, a valuable three points to them, and they move into the top four. Uh, Raw, on the other hand, they um, they sort of stay around mid-table. They're, they're not too far away. Uh, they probably This is probably a game, you know, they would have earmarked saying, you know, this is where the test would be. Yeah, you know, whether they are going to be, you know, make a run at the top four against City. So look, it's probably not, it's probably not a shocking result. Um, but I think, I think, yeah, I think Brisbane City, obviously, it's, it's a big three points for them. And uh, yeah, like I said, they're, they're in the top four. Absolutely, Roar Academy also could have moved into the top four with a win today, so they are not far away. Now, the final game of the round was played back on Friday night between the Moreton Bay United and Olympic to kick off the second half of the season. It was a 5-0 win here for Olympic. 
two goals from Jeremy Stewart, one for Sam Knight, one for Marquez Walters, and one from Emron Donnelly Fagan. Now we've left left the game for, to last. Adam's favourite game of the round. You were there out there at Walter Park on Friday night. You want to talk us through the um the game from your perspective out there at the ground? Yeah, uh, got got down on Friday night down at Walter Park. It was a bit chilly actually. Yeah, uh, but uh, you look at uh, the score Ed right next to the creek. I can't imagine why. <laughs> I know, but uh, look, five nil, uh, five nil score scoreline finish to Morton Bayer. A very a little deceptive, I think, as far as uh, the scoreline goes. The Olympic, they the first half was was very they were very very good without without really threatening. Um, too much, but defensively, I thought they were, they were very, very compact, and, and you know they only sort of gave it one real chance. Of Ben Holiday hit hit the crossbar, but also as well, good good uh, save as well from um, Josh Render to to deflect it. But uh, second half, it, it was a case. It was always the feeling in the second half that once. Morton Bay got that first goal that that would release a bit of the pressure valve and you know, Jeremy Stewart, not nice tidy finish for him and then uh, and then a goal a couple of minutes later through through Matt Richardson who who sort of climbed up on a header and there they Morton Bay deceptively have, have been very very good at set pieces uh, they've got some um, good proponents of header balls in you know, Matt Richardson and Emery Donnelly Fagan as well and Will Edmiston as well so so yeah they they that uh, Sam Knight then popped up to make it 2-0. And then from there, um, uh, Jeremy Jeremy Stewart uh, picked up his, his second goal, which made 3-0. And then, and then the, a red card, which uh, pretty much out of frustration for uh, for Lachlan Sayers, who, um, who pretty much clattered uh, Ben Holiday you know, and then got received a straight red for that. You, you can't really argue too much about that. Uh, I think you could, t- you could almost sort of tell that, you know, that, the frustration was getting to Olympic, and then obviously from there it was just downhill. Marquez Walters good, good to see him back on the score sheet. You know, after a bit of a mini drought, and then um, Emery Don Donnelly Fagan in stoppage time with a, another almost a trademark uh, long range strike, not as long as some, but uh, yeah, to make it five nil. So, uh, so yeah, look, uh, a very, very, uh, you know, a strong wind for Morton Bay, but I don't think it gives up the full story. I thought that, you know, for 70 minutes, Olympic tried hard, but yeah, they're, they're, they're folding the last 20. That that would probably what disappoint Chris Grossman the most, I think, is that, you know, the, the bit of frustration got involved and they sort of, you know, let the stand slip a little and they, and they end up, you know, getting, you know, getting torched for five, which I think that's probably the most disappointing thing. But I think at least for the first 60, 70 minutes, they, they were in that game. Yeah, and that's the positive. They have to take something out of the game. That was the positive. They were in the game, but uh, you know, particularly in the first half, they, was, they weren't great, but they were hanging into, the, hanging in the mm. fight. And the concern would be, even when the red card did happen, it was already three 0 by that point. Yeah. So they didn't. They, again, they're not, they do have a bit of work to do. We've mentioned it time and time again. We'll have to see if they can dig themselves out of it, but they have to start somewhere. And we thought maybe the result two weeks ago against East was going to be the catalyst to start something. Maybe this is a step back. We'll have to see if they can get get the results right in future weeks. Now, after the game, you'll cut up with the head coach of Morton Bay United, Cam Miller, Adam. I did. I will see what we had to say after it's picked up a 5-0 win over Olympic. We'll be back right after this. I'm joined by a very happy uh, and victorious uh, Morton Bay head coach, Cam Miller. Cam, 5-0 five, five win tonight over Olympic. Obviously, very satisfying victory for the boys. Yep, really p- uh, proud of the players' performance tonight. Uh, it was a tough one. We knew Olympic were going to come out flying, and they did, and they made it hard for us early doors. Um, you know, we had chances, didn't take them first half and nil-nil at half time, you know, and that sets us up for a, for a difficult second half. We spoke to the players at, 
uh, half-time about needing more quality once we got to the final third, second half, and we did that. We scored goals from different areas, different players involved, and players uh, stepped up tonight. It was fantastic. Obviously, it was the uh, goal uh, three minutes in by Jeremy Stewart that set, set the ball in motion. Was there always a case of tonight that getting that first goal was always given the most crucial one, and from there, it was always going to be make the task easier? Yeah, exactly right. It's a big thing for us scoring first, and we've done it really well this year and scored early goals in a lot of games. Um, and yeah, you know, that's the same same thing in the second half. Go out early, can we score early? And we felt that if we could do that, then we would go on and score more. Obviously, yeah, Jeremy Stewart with a uh, double. Uh, Sam Knott also getting on the score sheet. It, obviously, your obviously attackers is, is obviously important to score, but obviously getting goals from the likes of a Sam Knight, how important is that as well? Massively important, you know. Marquez has scored, you know, majority of our goals so far this year. And, you know, we after reviewing the first half of the year, you know, moving into the second half, we needed other players to step up. Um, Jordi Farina scored three goals in the Cup, you know, last week. Jez steps up tonight with two really, really top-quality goals and a good performance. And, yeah, other players chipping in like Emran tonight and Sam Knight's really good. It's important. And uh, just finally as well, obviously, um, with all the success going on with the first team as well, also it's noted as well, you're bringing a lot of young players it's not North Tom, obviously a debut senior debate tonight. Bailey Radcliffe, Bailey Delapino, also Liam Burton in the Cup as well. Is that as important, bringing up those young players, as is giving you opportunities to the more experienced players? Yep, it absolutely is. That's what this club's all about. You know, look at our first team captain, Declan Smith, has been at the club for over 10, 10 years now. Will Edmiston started tonight, been at the club for over 10 years now. Um, the two of the boys you mentioned, Niall, Niall Tom and Liam Byrne, have made their debuts in the past couple of weeks, been at the club since they were 10, 11 years old in the SUP program. You know, Niall, we were talking before the game, we think he's, he's our second youngest ever, ever player to come on and play in the NPL. So, you know, these boys have got big futures ahead of them and we want to keep pushing them through. Um, and, yeah, it's good to see them coming on and, and being good enough at this level. There was Cam Miller talking to Adam on Friday night, and it's a three wins out of three so far this year for um, Morton Bay over Olympic. Yeah, uh, a fixture that has not been kind to uh, Morton Bay previously. So, the, yeah, the aggregate uh, of uh, 12, 12 goals to one as well, which that's a bit of an anomaly. But, uh, yeah, look, that also as well, I think, you know, we, we do say that, you know, that Olympic were good, but you know I think you got to also give credit to Morton Bay that they really you know put the foot to the throat when they when they got the opportunity. And, they, and there's a reason why they sit in third place at the moment in the league. And uh, yeah, look, they they need they need to keep picking up points because that chasing pack they are they are they are coming. And and, and like I said, there's there's going to be not much room for error you know as far as this the final four. So they, these are big points for for Morton Bay to pick up at the moment. It's something they've been very good at this year is putting the foot down when they do have a side in, under their under their thumb. They've been very good at finishing the job. Morton Bay will go through the table. Now we have a new leader on the NPL men's table is the Gold Coast Knights. They sit top of the table for the first time this year on 27 points. They had a Gold Coast United 26. Morton Bay on 23. Brisbane City rounding out the top four on 20 points. Then it's the Lions FC also on 20. Then Brisbane Raw 17. Redlands 15. Rochdale 15. Peninsula Power 14. Sunshine Coast 11, East 8, and Olympic at the bottom on 7. It's getting very, very congested there in that middle pack, Adam. From 4th down to ninth. there's only two games in it. Yeah, and that's, that's hence of my, my comments before about, about Morton Bay, that you know, these are a valuable games and valuable points because you're right, one or two slips, and that pack is right on top of you. So... Uh, like I said, Brisbane City, they certainly are looming large. I think they they... They look very, very good. Lions, you know, they're lions. You know, uh, uh, 
as always, you get what you and even look, even even Young Raw. I think that they they they've been they've obviously been a lot better this year than they were last year, and they've got the players to you know really sort of mount challenge. Do are they as strong as sort of the top you know the teams above them? Look, maybe not, but then again, it's it's a team that's always developing, always growing. That's the one thing you've got to say about the young Raw is that there's going to be a point where some of those players are going to hit that next level and they're going to really shine. You know, you, you talk a player like Thomas Waddingham, who's you know probably the most valuable player at the moment, uh, to, as long along with Trent Millard. I think they're two players that certainly are going to lead lead the charge for, for the young Raw. So I wouldn't rule them out. And even Redlands, I think Redlands and Rochdale are also there in about. So, that, so that's, that's your top eight there. So uh, th- I think the next few weeks especially, I think results are going to be at a premium. They absolutely will be at a premium for the remainder of the season, I would imagine. We'll go through round 16 now of the MPL Women's Competition. We'll start at the back end of the round, Adam, between with the game which we did cover on our social media platforms between Eastern Suburbs and Mitchelton, second versus fifth on the table. A 3-2 win for home side Eastern Suburbs. Goals from Mayor Bruckner, Estella Mazzoni and Holly Clark for the home side. Two goals from Kelly Pufroy. Not enough this time for Mitchelton to get get a result, but they are coming, Mitchell, tonight, aren't they? And I thought they probably could have got something out of this game the way, the way it panned out. Yeah, um, just a, a few defensive lapses. Now, I think that's the one at the moment. Achilles heel that... Um, that Mitchelton may have, I think, defensively, I think they're still a little bit vulnerable. Their, their attack, but that's uh, wow. They, 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 they like I said, I think they're they're up there now with probably the best attacks in in that league. And you know, and Kelly Poufroy, she's just in a absolute purple patch of form at the moment. Five five goals, you know, in a week. Uh, so so you know, she's scoring goals. Uh, even even uh, the one of their imports, Kelly Giddies, she even showed uh, type basically setting up the goal uh, after 29 seconds. Uh, that uh, at the end, the the goal we believe was was um, credit to to Kay Poufroy got touched right on the far post. But for a long time, and watching it on first hand, I thought might have gone directly in. So uh, that's going to be a very very dangerous combination. But look, uh, to the winners go the spoils and East as well. I thought that was a good fight back. My Bruckner getting. Go finding some form there with a nice, nice tight finish. Uh, Sophie Person with a a uh, great cross that you know, found you know, you know Stella Mazzoni charging onto it, and there was nothing that Emily Adams could do about that one. And then the uh, goal that uh, Holly Clark scored, probably not a usual scorer. Um, she, she's probably known better for her defence, but yeah, she popped up on the far post after a scramble from a corner to uh, to head in. And at three one, you thought, well, Issa home, but then, as you said, yeah, okay, Poufroy gets one back, and Mitchelton came charging home. But I think East, yeah, I think they backed their defence in you know, in the last ten minutes. And as we've, as I've said numerous times, their defence is probably what uh, really sort of you know, sees them in good stead in this league, and they move back into second. It is absolutely, and also it's set pieces, also something that East are very very strong, and they've seen a number of goals from them. It's a real weapon for East, isn't it? The ability to score goals from set pieces. We know the great attacking talent that they've got, but. The ability to score from set pieces is another string to their bow, and it's one they've got plenty of goals from. Yeah, and like I said, they, they've got capable players as well. Yeah, they've got goal-scoring goal you know, defenders, you know, Chantal Magari and also Hakana uh, Kachetenko. Sorry, we'll get, get this right by the end of the season, day. I swear. I, I we'll swear. Right. My apologies to Hakana there. Um, my, my, <laughs> but... Um, 
But yeah, look, they they they're a couple of players, obviously that you know are threats, and then that's not to mention you know Sophie Person. We know how much of a goal scoring threat she has been. She has been for for many years in this league. Um, and Maya Bruckner, you know, while on the goal tally, she's probably not having as a profitable year as she was last year, but certainly that goal tonight showed that she's certainly you know far from done. It was a a very nice um you know reaction sort of snap goal to to, to equalise just for half time, which I think was was vital because that they it's almost wrestled the uh, initiative back from Mitchie. Mitchelton, you know, through the first half after they got off to that uh, that fly of a start. Absolutely did. It was a very important goal there for May Brookner, a very important three points for Eastern Suburbs. Now, there were only four games played in the NPL Women's Competition this weekend. The game between Gold Coast and QAS, that has been postponed to be played at a later date. We'll get to, we'll bring you details of that when we can, when that game's to be played. But the games which were played starting on Friday night, Adam South United won, Capalabar won, a opening goal from Tamar Levin and an 80 cents minute equaliser for Natasha Wheeler and Capalabar. That could prove to be a very important point for Capalabar in there. Hopes to stay out of the uh, the uh, relegation scrap. Yeah, speaking of players scoring multiple goals over a week, Tamar Levin's that's three goals for her. So she's also having having you know, a fun time at South with the goal scoring. But yeah, you're right. Uh, Touch Wheeler's goal late. That, that could be a very, very vital uh, point because yeah, they that the Capalba need to start winning if they're if they're gonna you know avoid you know the relegation scrap as it is. Um, no, they they need to start winning because they're they're as I said the names there they're a good side. It's just not it's just not happening from as far as certainly as results go. So um, yeah, they they they're captain leading the way and. Uh, and yeah, like I said that, that that might come back a valuable point, and also as well drop points for South, which is probably you know just as vital. It absolutely is vital. I think those two sides, maybe the two of the sides, who are vying for that second relegation scrap. So that could be a very very crucial point there between those two sides. So the other games played over the weekend were involving sides at the top end of the table. Adam, firstly, Peninsula Power made the trip up to Ballinger Park alongside their men's team, and they also came away with three points from Ballinger Park. So goals from Alicia Woods and Laney McDougall gave the potential um, Paratuna win over the Wanderers there. And I guess the most pleasing thing for Mick Gallo would be is they've won the game, scored a pair of goals, and neither Sarah Diapolonia or Bonnie Davies were on the score sheet. That's probably something that he can take away from it. Now he's got additional players that he can get on the score sheet. Yeah, I think uh, Lane McDougall, I think, is the third member of that that really vital uh, attacking uh, system that Mick Gallo has at Peninsula Power. And, uh, yeah, she's scoring goals, albeit from the penalty spot. But, you know, she – but, like I said, it's uh, it's almost safe as houses when she, she takes them. So, But also, as well, it's a very, very good win for Peninsula Power because the Sunshine Coast Wanderers have found a bit of form. That that ends a uh, that ends a three-game unbeaten run for them and they've taken they've taken some points off some some very very good teams so so yeah so i guess that that i think that that uh, win for, for power may actually you know form wise actually look better than what it does on the score sheet absolutely it was a very good win actually for pinch payment you're right i mean the wanderers have been very good in the last couple of weeks we'll see if they can get back to those winning forms they've certainly moved up the table the last two weeks haven't they? they've been a side who were potentially look like they might be in that relegation scrap but now they've kicked clear that's all see if they can continue to do that over the next few weeks. The final game of the round was first versus bottom in the NPL wins, and it was it went the way we would expect it to happen between Lions and Olympic. It was a 4-0 win for Lions FC. A hat-trick for Tegan Riding, her 22nd in the NPL women's 
competition, as well as another goal for Meg McGilligan. That combination in the front 30 is starting to click. It's taken a while for Meg McGilligan to become a regular on the score sheet the way we know she can. But it seems like now she's finding her groove in that Lions team, which is probably bad news for everybody else in the competition. It must it must be great to have a attacking lineup of of you know, Tegan Riding, who is you know the the greatest goal scorer in MPL women's Queensland history. Yeah, and then you've got Amy Gunst on one side, and then you can you can uh, swap between Beck Kirkup and Meg McGilligan. And I think that's pretty much you know, the bedrock of uh, at least on the attacking side of why Lions are, you know, the best team in the league. They have just so many options at the moment. Uh, obviously, it's more, it's more than just that. But they, the Lions took opportunity after a very, very hard slog. And we'll get to the Capo, Capo uh, Women's Super Cup quarterfinals shortly. But that was a, a hard slog for them on uh, on Wednesday night. So they so they did give a number of youngsters uh, an opportunity to start. And, uh, look, they, obviously, they didn't disappoint. But... Uh, Olympic, oh geez, they it's starting to get away from them. Unfortunately, I think uh, they need they need something, some help fast if they if they you know avoid the uh, the automatic uh, drop because I do believe that at some point Kapalabar and South are going to find find their rhythm. Uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers as well are going to uh, sort of you know you hope that they can find continue to find the good form. So I think the rest of the league may be getting away from them before they can sort it out and they. They, they may be facing relegation sooner rather than later. It does seem that way. And just by the way, the Lions do have the first and third all-time leading goal scorers in NPL Women's. As you mentioned, it's quite the embarrassment of riches out there at the gold line. Now, we've mentioned the Capital <laughs> Women's Super Cup a couple of times, and I'm actually going to call a bit of an audible here, Adam, and we're going to go to the Capital Women's Super Cup now since we've referenced it so many times that we're talking about the yeah. football. So we'll go through those results, and we'll keep talking about Lions. Actually, we'll go through that game First, this was a one-all draw between East and Lions matchup number three between these two sides for the course of the season. It was a one-all draw through 90 and 120 minutes. We'll get to the penalty shootout in a moment. Adam, but first of all, it was Emma Starr opening the scoring for Easts and then Beck Kirk of getting the goal back for Lions in normal time. And then it was a quite interesting way the game planned out from there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, East skiing on the board first, very, very, very important um, for, for them, I think, for their confidence as well, because I think, as we've seen the last two meetings, obviously, whoever scored first ended up, you know, basically choking out the other side and and, and winning the game, but uh, they couldn't they couldn't do it to, uh, on uh, Wednesday night, but uh, obviously, Emma Starr popping up um, with a nice goal uh, early, about in about 17th minute, I do believe. It was uh, around that point, yeah. Yeah. So and then then but uh, Beck Kirkup, you know, you know, in the second half, a vital goal early on. And I think Lions, they are. I, I would love to see the statistics on their their goal scoring uh, record in that that time band between the, the kick off the second half about the fifty fifth minute. That that would be absolutely extraordinary to see because it feels like that's when they really sort of you know you know to go. You know, go for broke and really sort of you know put games away or at least get get back into games is in that in that first ten minutes after half time. But um, yeah, that to equalise that was was a big moment. But then yeah, then it basically was a slugfest out to the to uh, the end of the game. I'll review the numbers and get back to you on that next week. Yeah, awesome. yeah, you're you're the man of the stats. But there was there was I will say there was a controversial moment where uh, East were disallowed a goal in extra time. Uh, was ruled offside. 
Um, look, we weren't there. The camera angles didn't help, so it is very, very hard to tell whether it was on site or not. Um, but yeah, that was probably the biggest drama of of the um, of it, of the extra time, and then it went to uh, penalties. Absolutely, it's really impossible to judge that from where we were watching on the camera. It did go to penalties, and it was a four-three win in the shootout for Lions FC over East. Uh, Callie Cows, Meg McGilligan. Abby Skiers and Ellie Chapel with the winning penalty for Lions. Tegan Riding had her penalty saved. Sophie Pearson, Chantal McGorry and Kelly Cruz scored for East. And yeah, and it was a very interesting shootout. The um, one player you would expect to score had her penalty saved. It was, but uh, also as well, uh, I think uh, Ellie Chapel earned her um, at her pay, uh, two two saves and uh, and the winning penalty, which was a very well taken penalty, I must I must say. So uh, yeah, look at the end of the day, uh, keepers are usually the heroes when it comes to um, to, to penalty shootouts, and uh, why not not only uh, contribute with the gloves but also with the boot. And continuing that fine line tradition of of goalkeepers scoring winning penalties, <laughs> referencing Mr. Luke Boring a few years ago. We'll move on yes. to. The other semi-finals in the Kappa Women's so We might have to go through this a bit quicker than we were planning to. To Adam, firstly, okay. South United, 4-3 winners in extra time over Brisbane City in, in quarterfile number one. Two goals from Tamar Levin in that game gave 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 South the win. And this was a game where Brisbane City gave it everything they had. And it seemed like, particularly in extra time, maybe they just slightly ran out of legs. Yeah, um, look, it's Brisbane City, they... they... If there's any questions where they be- they belong sort of as far as the standard their side against the MPL team, this was it. Uh, this, this, was a, this was a good performance. They really jumped out of the gates early. Steph Latham scored, scored in the first five minutes. And uh, they were looking good. But look, credit to Souths. They, they stuck at it. Uh, they were able to dra- drag it back to three all after, after normal time. And, and then... Um, yeah, with some absolute, absolute you know, banger of goals. Uh, the, the, we, the, we're talking about, like, Tamar Levin's goal, her second goal was probably the pick of the goal because the most important one. But um, Shanna Singh's first goal in the 36 minute, that was probably, the I, for my mind, that was probably the pick of the goals as far as the range. So, and someone that, you know, obviously a young player that uh, that probably, you know, it's a, I I think it would be a first senior goal, but uh, it'd be uh, a great, it's a great way to celebrate. But yeah, look, South four three, they're the uh, they seem to be cup specialists, and uh, they are into the semi-finals uh, for the second year running. Absolutely. So last year's winners and runners up both back in the semi-finals once again. Joining them in the semi-finals will be Mitchelton, with a, who had a four-one win in in extra time over the Gold Coast Knights. Three goals for Callie Poufre and one for Carla Wilson. Cancelled Amy Moreland's second minute. Goal and Gold Coast Knights. And they're a team that we've been keeping an eye on a little bit in terms of the results I've been picking up in FQPL 3 South Coast down there. We've seen them running up the score in that competition, knowing how strong they are. This is the first time we've seen them play against an MPL side. And again, they gave a great account of themselves and probably once again just ran out of legs as the game hit extra time. Absolutely nothing to be disappointed about Gold Coast Knights. I thought that this was a very, very strong and valiant effort. Um, look at the end day; they've got they've got you know four or five players that you know we we know are MPL quality players. Um, there's a few others that are in that side as well that I think they are undiscovered gems as far as I think that they would probably also be 
in in that, I was particularly I was actually particularly impressed with Laura Seville. I thought she she worked tirelessly down that left wing all night. But uh, look, at the end of the day, the the fitter MPL club uh, in Mitchelton, who who uh, at that stage had played seventeen you know competitive games a season compared to Gold Coast Knights eleven. Fitness wise, that's always going to catch up. And obviously, the intensities of games that Gold Coast Knights have played be nowhere near the level of the state. Even to get it to extra time, I thought was a fantastic effort. But at the end of the day, I think you know, Mitchelton running over the top of them was always inevitable. So a, a valiant effort, a good job by uh, Gary French and, and his and uh, his team. But uh, yeah, Mitchelton through to their first uh, Kappa Cup semi-final. So a second goal could have made all the difference. That had been to get two nil in front. That could have been a very yeah. different game. But the three teams from Southeast Queensland in the semi-finals will be South Lions and Mitchell, and they will be joined by MA Olympic of Townsville, who had a 5 0 win over Fraser Flames over the weekend. So that is your four semi finals in the Kappa Women's Super Cup for this year. Those games to be scheduled for later on in the season. We'll go down to FQPL. Adam will go through this pretty quickly, but we'll, we will give, we'll give a bit of time in particular to the game, which you did cover on your way down to the Gold Coast Derby on Saturday afternoon between the Surface Paradise, Apollo, I beg your pardon and Brisbane strikes a 3-2 win for the home side at Gretchen Sports Centre. Goals from, for me, Asano, Joel Russell and Teddy Watson gave gave them the win. Goals from Luke Broderick and Mustafa Jafari for the Brisbane strikers. And it seemed like this was comfortable sailing for a fair way for surfers before strikes got back into it later. Is that the way it, that the way it panned out? Uh, yeah, I think that's a very, very good summation uh, in one line about how this game played out. Surfers were absolutely cruising um, after... After about 60 minutes, uh, the, the, first, the first half was actually was, was a bit of a slog, um, but then they got broken apart when uh, Famia Sono just pretty much danced through the defence and uh, and scored what I thought was a very good goal. And then um, there was a period of about, of about uh, three minutes from the 52nd minutes uh, when uh, when on a massive on a very very massive um, counter from. From uh, Surface Paradise, which saw Teddy Watson find uh, Joel Ross, young Joel Russell, who was able to chip the keeper and then and score, which was what I thought was a very very nice goal. And then Teddy Watson himself, uh, yeah, a brilliant goal. You know, basically two minutes later, swiveling off, yeah, you know, swiveling off and off his uh, pretty much you know, lost balance and was able to find top corner to beat uh, the beat the striker's keeper. All that ends up that was at three nil. But look, I'll give credit to. Strikers. I thought they in the last 15 minutes they fought back. Luke Broderick to me, you know, is probably the, has been the standout player for strikers. Every every time I've seen strikers play the season, which actually has been a, a few few times actually, I've seen both cup and and league action. Um, he's always been at the forefront of that. A, a nice goal uh, with about 15 minutes to go, and then the, probably the other, their other standout player, Mustafa Jafari, then lobbed up about five minutes to go and uh, and made three two, which actually created a very very tense finish. Absolutely, I imagine it would have a very important three points for Surface to continue on their run at the top of the table. Now you caught up with the, the I'm not head coach, the captain of Surface Paradise, Adam Powell. So we had to say, after I picked up a crucial 3-2 win over the Brisbane Strikers, we'll be back right after this. I guess this time is the Surface Paradise Poly Captain Adam Powell. Adam, 3-2 win tonight uh, against. Uh, 
Brisbane strikers. Obviously um, got away that game early, but they fought back. Yeah, it feels a bit of a strange win, to be fair. Before the eight, <clears throat> instead of going to win 3-2, it, you know, bite your hand off. But being 3 up and cruising and then to make it a bit of a fight at the end, it takes the edge off a little bit. But I think it's a good experience for us to learn from to see games out coming to the back end of the season. Obviously, this uh, takes you five points clear as it stands at the moment on the, on the ladder. Is there a case of, you know, just going through game by game and just making sure that, you know, obviously you tick off all the wins on the way way through? Yeah, 100%. I think if you look at the form table, the first three, we had a bit of a wobble. But since then, we're unbeaten. Um, and what we have got is a great group of lads who all put in, all work hard, and the results then kind of take care of themselves at the moment anyway. Joel Russell, obviously, he's been a revelation up, up front. Another, you know, a very, very good goal uh, tonight. Obviously, um, he, he's obviously fitting into that front line. Yeah, big time. He gives us something different to Ted's and Morgs. As good as they are, they're, Joel's probably a bit more mobile, a bit more athletic and runs in behind, which is the game when teams do want to press us. Gives us a great out ball. And look, the numbers speak for themselves of Joel. And the most exciting thing for him, he's probably still got 20 30% left in the locker as well that we haven't seen. And obviously, uh, you, you yourself in uh, locking down that defensive midfield role, obviously um, obviously contained for uh, a lot of the time before that late that charge from strikers. Uh, yeah, look, I think we're pretty comfortable for the most part, but then they get the goal and it's, look, it's football, isn't it? As soon as they get the goal, they get the tails up, they get them in momentum. So I think for us, it was kind of good to then do the other side of the game and see it out and you know, get the win at the end of the day. And thank you there to Adam Powell, talking to Adam, our Adam from Prison Football Review there <laughs> after the game there on Saturday afternoon. We'll go through the results of the rest of the results from round 12 of the FQPL. Briefly, it was a 1-0 win for Mitchelton over Albany Creek. Excelsior goal from Rio Rugo Fakuda there for Mitchelton. Capalabar and, and Southwest Queensland Thunder played out a three-all draw. Wynnum Wolves left it late to pick up a 2-1 win over Southside Eagles. Western Pride with a 3-0 win over the Sunshine Coast Fire. In that game, the final game of the round between Caboolture and Logan was postponed, but there was one catch-up game midweek to complete round 10 of the FQPL1 competition. That was a 3-1 win for the Sunshine Coast Fire over Southside Eagles. Adam, very quickly, uh, in those games, not including surface and strikers, anything stand out there for you? Um, I think uh, Mitchelton need that need to win a big win over, um, I would say, probably in that division, their local rivals in Albany Creek. There's not too many kilometres between those two clubs. And that, that was a huge win for them because that at least puts them uh, outside the relegation zone and dumps... One of our favourites, uh, South West Queensland Thunder, into the relegation zone. But I do want to make one final point about the game again between Surface Paradise and Brisbane Strikers. And uh, well, I just want to say what a marvel Jade North is. Uh, 41 years old, and he's still running around, plays 90 minutes of FQPL one football. Um, look, I'm just, I'm just like we know how much a great player is and how much he means to our game, but. Just to see, just seeing it. Uh, look, uh, I'm, I'm in awe. You know, that you know he can still at his age, you know, still be an effective part of that. So I know he's, he's also the head coach and, and whatnot. But to be able, to, you know, I just hope the young players that, that are playing for strikers at the moment, um, they really, really treasure this this time that you know that Jade is playing with them because the amount of experience they've been learning off him and he, and actually, you know, they say the best way to teach is to lead by example how he's doing that's just, is just absolutely incredible so my my hat's off to him that's just dead 
Oh, a great champion of not just Queensland, but also Australian football. And you're yeah. right, the education, particularly the defensive players around him in the defence are getting with him being out there is something you just, you can't buy that experience. And I agree. I hope that hopefully the young strikers defenders are learning quite well from Jade North. The, the table quickly in FQP on surface. Paradise sit top on 26. Wynnum on 24. Then Albany Creek and Logan tied on 20. Logan with a game in hand. That's your top four currently. Brisbane strikers 18. Western Pride 17. Caboolture 15 with a game in hand. Sunshine Coast 12. Capalabar 12. Mitchelton 10. And the relegation zone is the Thunder on 9. And Southside Eagles on 8. We'll go to FQPL 1. Women's now quickly. Adam, the results over the weekend. Virginia 2-0 over Rabina City. Broadbeach 1-0 over Southwest Queensland Thunder. Moreton Bay 1-0 winners over Western Pride. And Brisbane City 6-3 winners over Logan Lightning. I imagine you're going to point out Morton Bay's first win of the season as the biggest biggest result of the weekend because it is, in all seriousness, a very important three points for Morton Bay. Uh, yes, I am going to I am gonna go with that because, uh, yeah, quite frankly, you know, what more can we say about, uh, about uh, Brisbane City? But, yeah, look at the other end of the table, a very, very big win and a very well-deserved win. That's a side that I think they've had been a bit unlucky, um, a very, very young side. And, you know, to finally get the win, uh, well well done to Greg Bradley and the uh, and the girls there uh, on getting that. And uh, onwards and upwards. Absolutely. So they do move up one spot. I'll go through that in just a moment. But I will say two goals and two assists once again for Steph Latham in that game. Also two goals for Sean Fryer in that game for Brisbane City in that big win over Logan Lightning. The table in FQPL1 women's is as follows. Brisbane City, top of the table on 30 points. Thunder, second on 19. Broadbeach and Rabina tied for third and fourth on 17 points. And it is Virginia, 16. Logan, 9. Morton Bay on four. And Western Pride also on four. Morton Bay jumping Western Pride with that result over the weekend. FQPL2 now, Adam. Now, now the women's the women were not in action this weekend. And they had a weekend off. They're at the halfway mark of the season. But we did clarify during the week that second place in FQPL2 women's will meet seventh place in the FQPL1 women's for a second promotion spot. So there is a the bottom side in FQPL1, MPL and FQPL1 will automatically be relegated. The top spot in FQPL1 and FQPL2 will automatically be promoted. And second bottom will play second top in those two leagues to see who will move up and down. So there is one automatic promotion relegation spot and one playoff spot. As for the results from FQPL2 in the men's competition, they are as follows. South United 1, St. George Willowong 1, Broadbeach 3, Grand Sissel 1, Magic 4, North Lakes 1, Holland Park 4, Turinga 2, Ipswich Knights 2, North Star 2, and Maruchidor 0, Sanford 0. Sanford finishing with nine players there, Adam. Adam, what stands out for you in FQPL2 men's this week? Uh, South United 1, St. George Willowong 1. That, I think, is basically, you may as well get the the title uh, polished up and sent to Nick Faridi's family park because I think Broad Beach are going to be your FQPL2 men premiers. I think that result pretty much uh, puts on doubt. St. George Willowong pretty much had to go, you know, win for win for them. Uh, eight points now. Um yeah, it, it's good. it looks like they're all playing for second. I think Broadbeach, you know, unless they have it's it's in their hands. Let's put it that way. Let's not let's not uh, mock uh, and uh, jinx uh, Broadbeach yet. But 
yeah, it's certainly in their hands because that those drop points for St. George Willowong, that's going to really sort of come back to hurt them as far as their premiership hopes go. Yeah, most certainly. We'll go through the table in just a moment, but I will say St. George Willowong, Holland Park and Grand Sissel all very close together. So that that second promotion spot could be a very hot, very hotly contested mm. one. The initial thought a few weeks ago was probably going to be St. George Willowong, but Holland Park in particular are making a very nice mid-season push to suggest they might be a team who who get promoted next year. Yeah, absolutely. I think Holland Park, outside those top two, Holland Park are probably the deformed team. Willong, Granger looking all right. Uh, their, their goal difference is a bit of a worry in a tight, uh, in a tight finish. Uh, look, Magic United, oh, look, they are a tipster's nightmare to figure out. Um, they 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 are rocks or diamonds, you know, depending on how they feel at times. They but they certainly if they can if they can find some consistency, they may certainly jump up in Sanford as well. They as well are uh, sort of close enough to, to really sort of you know, make push for the top four. So certainly, while I think that uh, top spot may be all but gone, there's still plenty of play for an FQPL two men. I think Rocks and Diamonds and Tipsters Nightmare might sum up most teams in the FQPL too, to be fair. I think there's a few teams in that, in that competition who are very much fit that description quite nice. So we'll go through the table quickly from that league. Now, Broadby 2 sits up on the table. They are on 36 points ahead of St. George Willowong, 28. Holland Park, 24. Grand Central ran out the top four on 22. That is Sanford, 18. Magic and Tringer on 14. Ipswich and South both locked together on 11. North Star and North Lakes on 10. And Maroochydore on six. So some teams grouped together there around the table, but the action clearly is in that battle for second place. Adam, before we wrap up, who's your performer of the week for us this week? There's plenty of good, plenty of contenders to choose from. Yeah, um, I'm I'm going to go with uh, Kelly Pufferoy, five goals in a week. Yeah, for me, Super Cali, you know, yet another performer of the week from me. Uh, since you've stolen mine at short notice, I will go with Connor Smith with that great free kick in the derby. And I'm and beaten, beaten on the night, but a great free kick, nevertheless. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was uh, an important uh, goal because I think that you know, that could have, that certainly did turn the tide back, you know, as far as the contest in what was, you know, a really, really dramatic derby. And as we said at the top of the show, cannot wait to see him do it again uh, in September. Or well, hopefully they do. Hopefully we'll see if that happens later on in the year. Adam, let's join me once again. Yep, thank you and good night. We'll be back next week to recap all the action in the MPL and FQPL men's. We'll talk to you all then.